0: Welcome to the Practice X Factor, the place to be for mastering membership plans for your business. Here, you'll learn exactly how to grow your patient relationships and accelerate your profits without getting stuck on the dental insurance bandwagon. Why do some practices struggle to find excellent patients while others are thriving and booming like never before? Join the Advanced Membership Network and you'll learn how to find patients that are five to eight times more valuable. You heard that right, five to eight times more valuable than the average insurance patient. Apply to see if you qualify to join Advanced Membership Mastery today by visiting yourpracticegrowth.com forward slash AMM. That's yourpracticegrowth.com forward slash AMM to apply today. Welcome to another episode of the Practice X Factor We're here to bring you powerful membership strategies and marketing tools so you can grow the membership base of your practice and not get stuck on the insurance bandwagon. As always, we're here to bring you timely and relevant content to help you grow your practice and really give you tools that you can implement and utilize starting today. And On this episode, we're talking about an important distinction, and that is, Should you have a membership plan or should you have an in-office savings plan? Now, while they may sound similar on the surface, there's some very important and different distinctions. So we've cited Costco as an example before. But um, recently I read an article and it was talking about Costco versus Sam's Club. And uh, Sam's Club actually has about 100 more stores in the U.S., than Costco. But Costco's revenue is more than double Sam's Club. And I think there's some things that Costco does exceptionally well. But the important thing to remember is that as a Costco member, you have an annual membership, not an annual savings plan. And if you use verbiage in your practice that makes dentistry sound expensive, or not worth it, or you know, if your team says things like, well, it's going to cost this much, or well, this isn't covered by your insurance, or well, this isn't covered by your savings plan, then you're going to groom your patients to think that way. So, the question I want you to think about, okay, in your practice is you have kind of three options, and we call this the membership income crossover. And what the membership income crossover is, is when you get to the point where uh, two thirds or more of your practice revenue are coming from your patients. Now this could be uh, insured or non-insured, but two thirds of the revenues coming from your patients. This can include credit cards, financing, FSA, HSA, um, check cash. Uh, you know, this can be co-pays. This can be non-covered services. This can be membership services. And when you hit the membership income crossover, that means your at least two thirds of your revenue is coming from these sources rather than insurance. That gives you a lot of freedom and a lot of confidence to really master and make decisions for the future of your practice. So the three options that I alluded to earlier, okay. Option one, would you rather do more for fewer patients? Option two, would you rather do less for more patients? Or option three, Would you rather scale and do both so option one doing more for fewer patients this would be you know what some people would call a boutique practice or a comprehensive practice this is where you're not trying to appeal to everybody but you're getting more production more collections more treatment provided for fewer patients and this can be a great model if you're a single doctor office and your goal is to not get on the insurance wheel where you're just running and running and running and continually doing more for less, because especially right now as we're fighting inflation and costs are rising, if you go down that insurance path, which I'm not saying is right or wrong, you just have to know the nature of the beast, you will have to continue to do more for less. So you have to be incredibly efficient, incredibly lean, and you can't try to be the high-end, best-quality best relationship, spending more time with your patients, having a 10-minute comprehensive evaluation or longer with your patients. Option two would be less for more patients. That would be where you are spending your time with patients for just a few minutes. You're probably doing lots of crowns, lots of insurance, um, lots of insurance talk within your practice, signing up for multiple PPOs. Again, there's nothing wrong for that, but you're, this is where you're trying to do quantity over quality. And we would never recommend you do less than standard clinical treatment, but at the same time, you're, you're not gonna be able to do the high-end treatment if that's your only strategy. Now, if you're looking at some things like, you know, how to implement high-tech fees and things that you can um, charge your patients for ethically and legally, that are in your best interest in there. you can go back and listen to some previous episodes um, where we've talked about that. But the third option would be you could scale a new bowl. And this would be where you were doing more for more patients. But in this scenario, it is very difficult, if not impossible, that you would be the only doctor in your practice. This would be a multiple doctor, multiple hygienist practice, because you would take option one, which would be doing more for fewer patients, and then you would build and expand upon that. All right, but at this point, you start looking at things like market share and corporate dentistry and other practices, and so you have to really focus and sharpen your marketing message to do that third option and to grow your practice that way. Now, let's talk about the membership plan versus the savings plan. Now, if you have a membership plan, this creates valuable and committed members of your practice. When you have a savings program or a discount program, you're gonna create shoppers and people who think, number one is saving money, saving money, saving money. Now, with a membership plan, you can still have savings as a benefit, and I would suggest you do that in most cases. That's what we do. Again, this is something you're gonna to wanna to talk with your CPA and advisor on those exact numbers because that's where you can make some some smart decisions with your you know CFO, CPA, those kind of things. All right. But we have a couple large credit unions in my area. Um one of them's called America First Credit Union, the other one's called Mountain America Credit Union. You can Google those. They're based in Utah, but they've now expanded to other states. And in fact, uh as of about a year ago when I spoke with um someone who was on their sales team i believe they had expanded to nine or so states that they could do patient financing with uh, at least one of those credit unions um and so they're they're expanding to other states and they just crush 90 percent of the banks here locally for uh personal accounts personal loans auto loans home loans because you know There's some controversy over credit unions and their tax laws and their nonprofit laws versus banks that are for-profit, but for your practice, you know, I would really work with, from a business standpoint, uh, we like to work with credit unions or small and local banks. A lot of the big banks, um, if you follow our practice profit activator system, that uh, is, is a really good way to manage the cash flow in your practice without having to read financial statements, And um, it's an excellent way to grow your profit. We don't have time to go into it on this podcast, but you can reach out if uh, you'd like some more information on how to learn that system. But, you know, working with these local and small financial institutions, they're usually a lot more interested in this small business, which unless you have over a couple hundred employees, you're classified as a small business, which is almost all dental practices. And... When you work with these kind of institutions, you can get more relationship and, and some some advantages that you may not have. You know, for example, we have multiple accounts with um, some of these financial institutions. And when when we used to work with a bigger bank that I won't name, they kind of looked me in the face with blank eyes, a blank stare, like uh, you're crazy, you know. And, and with credit unions, it was no problem. So... But from a personal standpoint, you know, if you were gonna go get an auto loan or a personal account most people go into these credit unions because they offer so much more. So when you have a member, you know, and, and the credit unions, you know, if you look the ones up I mentioned on their website, you'll see a lot of talk about members. You know, members come first, we do this for our members. You walk into a branch, and say, Hey, are you a, currently a member? And that just has a different connotation. And a whole different value stream than savings, okay? Because every grocery store now has a discount shopper card or gas stations have a discount discard. And and there are some some of them that do it really well. But you think about Costco and what they do, you're not going to Costco to get a discount. You might think that's why you're going there, but I know that I don't come out of Costco for anything less than a, you know, three three digit bill, you know, a hundred bucks and up minimum. When I take my family there, it's usually a few hundred dollars. Uh, once in a while you might come up with something less, but it's like, Hey, while we're here, let's get this, let's get this, let's get this. So Costco, Costco does that incredibly well. These credit unions do it incredibly well. And they really focus on member. What are the membership exclusive benefits that you can give your patients? So where you got to think creatively. All right. And that's, really the key to a good membership plan versus an average one. Um, There's a book I recommend, and it's by Keith Cunningham. It's called The Road Less Stupid. Now, Keith Cunningham, if you've ever read or heard of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or Robert Kiyosaki, he talks about his rich dad and his poor dad. Well, Keith Cunningham was actually an inspiration for uh, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, that he talks about in these stories. And if you, if you read more of the backstory, you can find out about that. But Keith Cunningham, in this book, he says, Having the right answer is smart, but having the right question is genius. He also said, The bulk of my problems are a result of indigestion and greed, not starvation. If you think about those things for a minute, you know, most practices are running around thinking, you know, just getting more new patients will solve all of their problems now we did have a podcast going back a few episodes with flint Geyer from the scheduling institute we talked a lot about new patients Uh, i strongly believe in new patients i think that's the only way to scale and grow especially with your membership program but that will not alone solve your problems in our experience because you really got to have a reason for your patients to come back if it's a one and done and you have a revolving door in your practice, you're going to struggle because you're going to have patients come in, patients go out, it's very expensive to do that. Um, And when you get complacent, as we say, complacency contaminates growth. So that's a, a key component of Pinecrest Practice Growth, which produces and sponsors this podcast is When you get complacent, the growth in your practice will be hindered. And so you got to be able to ask those questions. What can we give our patients that would really make this membership plan valuable? That might be sedation, could be savings, could be huge savings, could be free, could be free depending on what value of treatment they get. All these things you have to look at your practice, what makes sense. And I would involve. Your office manager, your marketing assistant or marketing coordinator, I'd involve your CPA, your CFO, if you have one. Maybe not all in the same meeting, but have the people who are on the ground level doing this, have the people who are managing your numbers look at this and decide what services are the most profitable, what services your patients like the best, and then build your membership plan around that. We use SurveyMonkey for getting feedback from patients, and that's where we really find out, hey, what do our patients like? The patients in my town and the demographic I'm targeting are gonna be different than yours. Um, don't try to be uh, the all-around dentist. who We treat all patients and we do everything for everybody, unless you're in you know, a very rural area. But if you're anywhere where there's any kind of competition, which are most places that are desirable to live, there's gonna be other dental practices around. And the key today to success is finding a niche that works well as there's more pressure from you know staffing shortages insurance inflation rising costs competition uh and that competition includes online things such as smile direct club um you know whitening uh there's been a couple whitening centers pop up near me where they just do whitening almost like a tanning salon i don't think that truthfully, these, these places are competition. And in fact, you could probably find a way to work strategically with them. But if you look at them as a threat, then you're gonna go into competitive mode and that's really going to stifle the creativity in your practice. So what you wanna look at is, do you wanna ratchet the quality up or do you wanna let the quality go down? Because you can no longer move sideways and membership plans can really be a huge key into doing this and you can really drive the quality up, you can drive the profit up. Most importantly, you can drive the patient loyalty, the members in your practice up, they're getting more value. Uh, They'll often drop their member, their uh, insurance because they see the value membership. Make sure you're adjusting your fees accordingly. Don't just look at what your neighbor's doing, whether just charging 49 or 99 or 199 for a membership plan. That may not be profitable. You have to look at how much do you pay your hygienist. If uh, if you're a general dental practice or a periodontal practice and you have hygienists, all right, you've got to look at what you're paying them per hour, and think about well, if the patient's coming to see them twice a year, <clears throat> excuse me, for hygiene, and they're spending an hour—that's two hours each. What do you pay your hygienist per hour once you add in taxes? the taxes you match, benefits, uh, opportunity cost, all those kind of things. But always look at ways at increasing the value rather than discounting down. And, you know, I like savings better than discount. Discount's probably the worst word to use. For more tools and tips on how to create an X-Factor membership practice, visit yourpracticegrowth.com and subscribe to our free weekly email today.